Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Peter chapter 1, saints. I want to tell you it's good to see everybody here tonight. And uh, I, I've been talking to some about being here on Wednesday nights and come and listen to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. But my heart's been touched. Uh, last few Wednesday nights, I brought forth some really strong stuff. And, and I mean, after church the next morning, I got re- good responses from folks. I was going, oh, Jesus. I was afraid to open it up. <laughs> and open it up, and it was good. <laughs> And so, uh, but I, I want to thank them and thank you for listening to God's word. Um, so let's get in the word of the Lord tonight, saints of God. Second Peter chapter 1. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises that by these you might be partakers of divine nature. That means Peter said you're, you're going to change your nature. Having escaped the corruption, you're going to escape the very corruption of your flesh. That is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, work hard, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge. Then add to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And to godliness you add brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness you add charity. That's love. For if these things be in you and abound in you, that means they dwell in you, they make you that you shall neither be barren, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to teach tonight the word of the Lord that God spoke to me reaching out to Him for the path we need to go. The antidote for stagnancy. The antidote for being stagnant. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for these great people tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit, for your love. God, most of all, I thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for your kindness to me. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. In a few days, God, my life will be changed into an age that I know in a few years, if I live there, you'll be blessing me. And I've come to the point in my life that every day means everything to me. I thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you for your love and mercy. Jesus, in your wonderful name, help me do a good job for these great people. In Jesus' name, would you edify him one more time? God bless you, saints. You can be seated. Here... Peter, I read in the book of Peter, Peter is given instructions, saints of God. He's given instructions to those who are suffering from spiritual stagnancy. You see, the definition of stagnancy is a state of inactive, of being stagnant. You've come, that means you've come to a place and there's no growth or activity, movement to spirituality in your life. There's no movement to growing spiritually. Here Peter tells how to grow out of stagnancy. Has anybody ever been praying lately, God, I want to grow. I want to grow greater spiritually. I want to grow more in you. That's my desire. I want to grow. 
To do so, you've got to work. He said, you've got to work hard to add some things, these things to your life, these characteristics to your life to change or change will not come without hard work. It's hard work to change. It's hard work to change anything in your life. But so Peter, he gave a charge here. It wasn't just if you want to change, but he gave a charge. He gave a charge to add these things to your life. You see, other day as I was reading and studying, this did not hit me to other day, it hit me. In addition to what God gave you, you see, God gave us salvation. He gave us salvation. He can give you salvation. He could forgive you of your sins. He could, you could be baptized in his wonderful name and wash away those sins. Far as the east is from the west, even he'll fill you with his spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost. He can do that. But there's one thing he cannot do. He cannot add these characteristics to your life. You have to do that. Peter said that we are to add these things to our life. Not God. Everybody shout, we are. We are to add these things to our life. Not God. God give us uh, salvation. He can give anyone salvation desires to have it. But you see, you're charged to add these characteristics to yourself for growth. You know, after Ruth and Naomi, saint of God, had arrived in Judah, they had traveled a great distance from Moab to come to Judah, back to Judah where God had blessed it, Bible said, with much bread in the house. Although, although they had arrived, Ruth had to step into a field and pick up barley to live. They had arrived at the place of divine blessing. They had arrived at the place where the house was full of bread. But you see, to change where she was, she had to get in the field and work to pick up barley to change where they were. You see, you are, you are at a place of blessing right now spiritually. Yet you have to add characteristics to your life to see a divine change in it. God don't make you better, but he can change your life to be better. Ruth had to work to obtain the barley to change her life. She had to go out in the field, pick it up for her and Ruth to live on. Yet they were at a place of blessing. Can I tell you, you can come to church that's awesome. I wish more would be more faithful to church. I wish they'd come and hear more word of God. But you see, you can come to church and you can sit here and worship and you can give your tithes and your offerings, but that ain't gonna change your characteristic. That ain't gonna change who you are. You see, Peter said the first thing you gotta do, you gotta add you got to add faith to, uh, on faith, you got to add virtue. But see, Ruth had to work to obtain barley. It put her where she needed to be to be led into Boaz's house. You see, these things, saints of God, if we add them to our life, they're going to put us 
where we need to be to find that divine blessing. Come on now. You see, Peter said, you gotta, you gotta first, first add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? A person can have faith yet mess it all up without virtue. You can believe God can do anything. You can believe God can change the, impo- I mean, the impossible, but virtue is a moral excellence and a goodness of character. It's being an excellent person in life, living life just like one should. You, you gotta have a moral excellence. You gotta have a good moral conduct. You can have faith, but if you live like the devil, your faith is no good. You can have faith, but if you steal from someone, your faith is no good. If you have faith and you lie, your faith is no good. You gotta have virtue. You gotta live a godly, more excellent life to add to your faith. Then it improves your faith and it improves who you are. It wasn't God that said he's going to give you virtue. He said you got to add to your life. You got to get up every day you live and practice being good. I know it's hard sometimes to be good in the world that we live in. People all around you, crazy people and people you know that are crazy. Uh Uh-huh. Some of them even take crazy pills and still crazy. Still crazy. And sometimes, and the more I read about it, I've been doing a lot of reading lately, the more I read about it, some of them take it just to be an excuse to be that way. But the Peter said, we are to change ourselves. We're to change our, or, 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 we're to add virtue to our lives. Say, we are. You see, the Bible said, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11, an Amplified Study Bible says it like this. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding your own business. (laughs) Working with your hands just as we instructed you before. You need to practice minding your own business. You know, I thank God for a godly wife who has good morals and a good character. When we go out, she ain't loud and she ain't boisterous and speaking out and making me look like an idiot and her looking like an idiot. You know what I'm talking about. I'm glad she has a meek, kind spirit. I'm glad she's humble. Come on, folks. We got to change ourselves. But he said, then people, verse 12, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. That means he'll promote your life the way you live to where people will respect you and it will open doors up for you. People don't want to trust you. And they're not going to give you an an opportunity to have something better when you don't live a good life in front of them. Come on. You've got to add this virtue to your life. You've got to add a good moral excellence to your life. It causes your life to grow out of being stagnant. 
It, it changes the way people of the world will look at you. Come on. People of good places of jobs are looking for people that has good moral excellence. They're looking for honest people, hardworking people. Come on, they got good moral characters, are they not? You see, then Peter said, after you add virtue to faith, you got to add knowledge. Somebody shout knowledge. It ain't that God gives you knowledge. You got to add it to yourself. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I realized and did a study, and Brother Emory told me to look it up. Brother Huntley a few weeks ago was talking to me about preaching. Most levels of people's understanding is on an eighth grade level. On an eighth grade level. My, my, my nephew, my, my nephew, my grandson, Knox, can, is smarter than some eighth graders. I'm not joking. I, I took him and just hearing him talk, he's not Hannah, that dude's he's smart. I mean, that dude's smart, little Knox. He tell you all about uh, graders and dump trucks and escalators. And we was at town, he's with me. He said, Papa, there's an escalator. I go, What'd you say? There's an escalator. And he, he was going down, he, he, he taught his mom about dinosaurs, and he pronounced every dinosaur perfect. I said, what about dinosaurs? And Knox was telling me, little Knox, Adam, little boy, little giant, telling me all about him. He, he listens. He don't like listening to the foolish stuff. He likes to listen to stuff that he learns from. So you see, Peter said, we got to add knowledge to our life. Some people sit around and said, I don't know what to do. That's your fault. You need to search out and dig and look and see what could change your world where you're at. Come on, don't, don't point at mom and daddy and don't point at nobody else. Point at yourself. You've got to reach and dig down and study where you're at and how to get out of it. We live in a society where everybody wants us to get them out of everything. That's the problem. Nobody wants to work out of nothing. Anybody heard the book, Road Less Traveled? Tiffany, you may have. Road Less Traveled, Dr. Hughes told me to read it. Me and my wife were reading it. It's about... How, and how, to, how discipline is the major tool to work through anything. Without discipline, you're not going to conquer nothing. Without discipline, you're not going to have a good family, a good marriage, a good spiritual walk with God. You've got to be disciplined in everything you do to have anything good. Do you hear me? But you see, he said, you've got to add knowledge. Everybody say, I do. That is practical knowledge, practical insight. You ever been around somebody knows everything about everything that don't know nothing? Don't know nothing. I mean, they can talk and tell you about it. You're going, you're so crazy and dumb. In my mind, I am, you know. I'm just sitting there going, oh, Jesus, yeah, huh. you don't know nothing. But Paul, but Peter said, we got to learn, we got to add knowledge to our life. And I begin to read, it means knowledge, the what to do in every situation in doing it. There's times I don't know what to do in, in things I face, challenges I face, but immediately I don't sit there, Brother David, and start you know, blaming everything on everybody. I start looking for a way out, how to deal with it, Brother Josh. I start calling the man of God. I start looking in the Word of God. I start researching, looking in, the, in, in other books. I got, I got to find more on this, this subject. I need to increase my knowledge how to deal with it. 
Wake up, I'm talking to you. When I got married, I ain't lying, my wife would tell you, I went and got books on how to be a better husband. I did. How to be a better father. I began to read and read and read and read and read. And some of it was too late. My kids done got a little older. But I, got, I had knowledge to my life. Peter said, you got to add knowledge. Then I started, when you start reading the word of God and you start knowing more about him and his miraculous power, his ability and who he is and what we believe in, your faith rises and you begin to change. Your character begins to change. Your spirit begins to change. Come on now. You need, you need to get your Bible and start knowing all about him. The, come on. You ain't going to know him unless you read about him. Some people only come to hear a little preaching. You're just going to hear a little bit. What you need to do every day is put your head in that word and read about the miraculous power of God Almighty and read about his ability and read what he can do and who he is. You need to study and become more knowledgeable of who he is. Quit blaming your Sunday school teacher, your pastor, and everybody else on your ignorance. It's our fault. Now, I don't know everything. I don't, ever, I don't know everything in this Bible. But some people act like they do. No, you don't. I've been preaching 38 years. I still learn things different. My God, it was there. You know, the other day, I think it was uh, Riker telling his dad something. Was it Riker? Wiley telling him. He said, they ain't in the Bible. He said, yes, it is, Daddy. But Drew had asked my wife, yeah, it's in the Bible. What? <laughs> I learned things like that. Anybody? Preacher up here preaching sometime for me, and they read over something. I said, where did I miss that at? Come on, knowledge, knowledge. You got Peter said you got to add knowledge to yourself. Quit waiting on Sunday morning and Sunday night, Wednesday night to hear the word of God. Pick your Bible up during the week and read God's word. That's a shame. I'll tell you why there's much less, less faith. You got more time to sit in that recliner and watch that TV. Lord, I want to be nice. I want to be more correct. Be more Jesus, professional Jesus. If you, if you text, help me, Jesus. If you would read, Spend your time reading the word of God as much as you text and look on that phone. You would be a smart man, woman. You'd have a PhD. Oh, you got a thumb PhD. And you know how to scroll and read and look at all this stuff. Why don't you get that Bible? He's got every answer we need. Every situation I face, I go to the word of God and I start trying to find a solution. And look, and he's never failed me to give me a word from him about him and about what I'm facing. You, Peter said, you are, you are to add knowledge. Let me move on. You see, in Proverbs, you see, faith without works is dead. When facing trials and temptation of life, and knowing what to do comes by knowledge. In Proverbs 15 and 14, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. 
but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. The mouth of fools blabbing, saying things so foolish. I can listen and say, you don't know nothing. Your foolishness tells you who you are. But the heart of him that understandeth, seeketh knowledge. Daniel 9, Daniel was in captivity. He was in time of reading the word. He pulled the scroll, Jeremiah, out. Begin to read Jeremiah. It was time to get out. After 70 years, Jeremiah said, after 70 years, if my people will cry out to me, I will bring them to an accepted end. He just didn't hear it or read it. He got busy praying to God for that time. Come on, to get out. You can't sit there and hear and read about a change and it just happened. You can't just read about it and expect it to happen. You gotta get busy. You gotta get busy when you go home tonight, get up in the morning, you need to start working on virtue in your life. I want to do what the Word of God said do. I want to increase my life. I'm tired of being barren spiritually. I'm tired of being unfruitful spiritually. Some of you done got too old and you think, I don't need to change. That's why you ain't never going to grow out of where you're at. But I'm here to tell you, I may be getting older, but I'm more hungry to be more fruitful than I've ever been and get out of barrenness. I want to be more spiritual than I've ever been in my life. Daniel got busy praying and crying out to God. You've got to work yourself out of it. Daniel took the knowledge of the word and began to get at it. You see, you've you got to work. Then you have to add, he said. Then you've got to add it, not God, you've got to add it. He gave you salvation, but you got to add these characteristics. You got to, then he said, after knowledge, after you get knowledge, he said, add temperance to yourself. Whoa. <laughs> add temperance to yourself. You got to do it. And I, I'm finding out too many people are trying to put the blame on the pastor, the reason I ain't changed. And, you know, I know you ain't never been around nobody like this, but I've been around some that's, kind of come here for a while and they left and, and I asked them why they come. Well, I went and I heard somebody else and I get more understanding there. I said, I, you know what I started telling them? Last person told me, I said, that's a lie from hell. Problem is, you don't listen to nothing I've told you. You ain't done nothing I told you and that's your problem and you ain't going to do nothing anywhere else you go because you don't want nobody to tell you what to do. But let me tell you something. You've got to work. I've got to work every day to change. Come on, you've got to add, you've got to add temperance to your knowledge. That means to master, woo, Jesus. You've got to master control of the body and the flesh with all of its lust. You've got to get in control of the lust of the flesh. Brother and sister, that is a battle. You can sit here 
and look at us and say, I don't have that problem. I'm going to look at you and say, flames are getting hot. Everybody here that lives in flesh has a battle. But Peter said, we are to add temperance to ourselves. We are. Woo. We are the master control of the body and the flesh. That means, you ready? Self-control of our desires, our appetite, our passions, our urges, and our cravings. We've got, say we've got to do it. We got to take control of it. You know, I believe lots of times, sometimes you need to talk to people. Sister Tiffany's a phenomenal lady. I don't know how she does it all the time. It is a special gift from God to sit there and, li- and listen to trouble all day long. Oh, all of you that ain't listening, you couldn't do it. And all the hell, she has to go home with it in her head. I don't know. She has a gift from God to do that. But I'm telling you, I told Dr. Hughes the other day, I'm believing more and more people are using that excuse just to talk to somebody. And the more they just want to talk about it and more talk about it. But he stopped me. He said, after the fifth time I talk to somebody and I don't see a change, I cut it off. They just want to talk about it and not work on it. Come on. It's work. Come on. It's work to do anything. But it's work to change ourselves. You see, it means self-control, to have strong control. You have to help if you, you have help. Mean you have help if we use it to strengthen our will, to take control of our own will. We have the help. Not only did God give us salvation, but he gave us help to overcome our will. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. The more that you pray in the spirit, you strengthen your spirit up to control your will. Everybody understand that? You hear me? With the help of the Holy Ghost, we can cleanse ourselves. Paul tells the Corinthians... It's your job to cleanse the house, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. 2 Corinthians 7 1, he said, it's your job. He said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us. Everybody say, let us. Let your wife, let your husband, let your pastor, let your son, school teacher, let your saint, friend, no, let us. Say, let us. Let God. Who? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of what? The flesh and what? Spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We got to cleanse our own flesh up. We got to cleanse our own spirit up. We have to do it. No one can change you but you. No one can change you but you. In time of life, it tells if you're praying or not. Let me say it again. I watch you for a long time. I can tell if you got a prayer life. If you stay the same, you ain't got no prayer life. Either the Bible's true or it's a lie. The Bible don't lie. It may take you six months, 
It may take you a year. It may take you a year and a half. It may take you two years. But in time, prayer with prayer is going to give you strength to change. Let me tell you something. People going through tragedies, going through heartaches. Come on. That memory never leaves them. It stays with them forever. But let me tell you something. With prayer, it strengthens their spirit to deal with the tragedy. Come on. It deal. If you ain't praying, you ain't changing. I don't care how much you worship, how much you say you see vision. I even, I even doubt people coming up. I had a vision. I had a dream. And I saw this and saw that. I'm looking at them going, oh, cat, you, I ain't seen nothing from you in a while. I ain't seen no change in you. You, you still smell the same, look the same, act the same. I ain't seen no change in you, baby. So I don't know about these dreams. I mean, what you may be smoking on or taking, be whacking your mind up. But I ain't seen no change. I'm off in your world now, ain't I? But I'm here to tell you, prayer, praying will change things. Let me tell you, Paul, tell Paul and Silas it don't. Tell the church in Acts 12 it don't. With a church that have nothing else but prayer while Peter was locked up in prison. But the Bible said the church prayed continually until they prayed until an angel was sent and got Peter out of prison. Prayer changes things. Prayer was made and Paul and Silas began to pray and praise and suddenly, suddenly there was an earthquake. Oh, come on, folks. If you're praying, you're gonna bring it to church, will you? Prayer strengthens and brings strength to the spirit. Romans 8 and 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The next characteristic Peter said, you add temperance, you add patience. Woo! Say patience. Say it real loud, patience. Mm. Mm. I, I look at myself, Brother Jim, when we, man, you started here down the road. Man, I was full of zeal. Wide open. Man, wide open. Man, I was... I, 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 would, I didn't have to smoke no crack rock to be high. I was high on life. I didn't have to, I didn't have to take no pills to be high. I didn't have to drink nothing. Nobody. I was loaded with zeal. But I had some elderly men, some great men of God tell me, you better watch that zeal. It'll kill your faith. Kill who you are. And get some patience. And in my foolishness as a young man, I asked God for patience. I made a big mistake. And the Lord said, what did you say? And I said, I want some patience. Now, Lord, I ain't meaning that right now. I'm just saying it's an example. It's just an example, Jesus. And I asked for patience. And brother, when you ask for patience, you ask for uh, tribulation. You ask for battles. You ask for, come on, anybody been there? I'm telling you. Oh, no. But Peter said, you add. I'd rather add patience to my, I'd rather teach myself to be patient than God teaching me to be patient. 
I'd rather say, no, you're going to wait on it a little bit longer. You're going to be patient with this. You're going to give a little bit more time to it. You ain't going to be in no hurry. You're going to be patient with them. I'm I'm more patient now with people than I've ever been. Brother David Smith told me, uh, uh, even Brother Brother Emery told me a few weeks ago, he said, you're the most long-suffering man of God that I've seen in a long time. Both of them told me that. I'm very long-suffering with people. But you see, the word here, patience, now listen to me. The, the patience is, is steadfastness, consistency, perseverance. The word means patient is not passive, but it's active. Luke 21 and 19 said, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Patience is being steadfast, not moving. Patience is standing still and waiting on God. God told Jehoshaphat when the enemy was coming, Moab, and it was coming against Judah, he said, hold on. He said, I want you to go stand still and see the salvation of the Lord work. Is it hard to stand still, church? It's hard to not do it yourself, but Scott. You say, hey, wait a minute, God, I can take care of this right here by myself. I can do it right now. God said, whoa, uh uh-uh. You let me take care of it. Come on. He had to wait on God. He, I said he had to wait on God. How many knows when you wait on God, God can take care of it better than we can? I know this is simple, but maybe it'll stick to your mind. You got to add to yourself patience. You got to start making yourself be patient with God and with everything else. It ain't God. Don't say, God, give it to me. You ask him, oh, he'll send you to the class. You'll want to come out of it quick. All right. Go ahead and ask him. Everything in your house start tearing up. Washing machine, dryer, refrigerator, car breaks down. Trouble be coming in on your kids. Your marriage spirits be trying you. I already see some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's coming, baby. It's coming. But I'd rather say, Lord, hold on. I'm fixing to add patience to me. I'm going to add it. You gave me salvation. You gave me the Holy Ghost. And you said I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Hold on, Lord. I'm fixing to work on myself. I'm going to make myself be patient. I'm going to add temperance. I'm going to add knowledge. I'm going to add virtue. I'm going to make myself better a person than you want. Come on. I'm going to work on myself where I won't be barren or unfruitful in the spirit, even knowledge of who you are. You see, saint of God, then Peter said, you you, you got to add yourself godliness. Peter instructs us to move on. Everybody say move on. To a place of attaining more, you've got to add godliness. That is living like God, being a godly person. Anybody know what a godly person is? I got a list in my mind. I can go down if you want me to. A godly person. You've got to add godliness. That is living like God and being a godly person. It's living life like it should be by ethics and morals of God's word. You live by God's word. Here it is, simple. You are to be so conscious of God's presence 
that one that one's life just lives just as God would live as he walked the earth. You should be so God conscious that you're going to live like God would if he walked this earth. This is, this is, this is me. I'm going to share a secret with you. Anywhere I go out, if I go to a public place to do some event, if I go to, to meet special people, I, I pray a prayer. This is my prayer. God, help me to show forth your character. I want to speak correctly. I want to show a good attitude. And I want to be kind to everyone. Tuesday, was it Monday night? Tuesday night. Monday night. I, I almost forgot about I was called 17 times last week to come to a political rally in Bent County. Some One of our state officials was there and governor was in Corinth and they said, we won't, you, you got to be there. You got to be there. And I said, I'll try to be. I almost forgot. And had a friend to call me about 40 minutes before. He said, hey, he said, I'm going and come out and get you. I go, go where? I go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, Jesus. And, and I said, I, I'm getting ready. So I had a time to get ready. And I prayed, God, help me. I want to show forth your character. I want to show forth who you are. And, and we went, and, and we got to eat together about 125, and got to meet a lot of political people in our in our state. And and uh, uh, one of them we uh, needed prayer, and, and Brother Tipton, he knows Brother Tipton very well. And I said, you know, Bishop Tipton, he said, I sure do, a great man of God, great friend. And I said, I'm a, I'm a United Pentecostal preacher, and we're in an organization with him. He said, I know I know who you are. He said, you believe in miracles, don't you? You believe in God's ability to do anything? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, lay hands on me right now. And the sheriffs of different counties and all political people, people in my county was there. And I just, I said, let us pray. And I laid my hands on his head. And I prayed an earnest prayer for him that God would anoint his mind and spirit and use him for the kingdom of God and for him only. Then other than God, if that prayer had opened up and my sheriff, you got no call. He said, that's my, that's, that's my chaplain right there. Yeah, that's him. Anybody else need prayer? <laughs> Anybody else need prayer? He'll pray for you. And, and, but but I, I want my character to be known like him, to Jesus. But when you go out in, in, the, in the public and you're not God conscious and you begin to talk you're, 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 let me just be honest. When you cussing and telling dirty jokes and you're, you're talking all kind of junk, acting so in another way of ungodliness, you're losing the character that God's given you. You're joining up with them. Come on now. We are to be a light in a dark world. We, we'll be a light on a hill. We're not to hide under a bushel, but we're to shine for him. You see, to become more God conscious. Titus 2, let me hear 2, 12 and 13. Is anybody learning anything? Amen. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly. Don't be taken drinking. Righteously and godly in this present world. Don't be, don't, 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 don't. You live soberly and you live righteously. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You live right because you're looking for him to come back. 
Why do I live this way? Why, Brother Jim, do we live this way? Why do I get up every day praying? Why do I get up every day? I want to be more like him because that day could be the day that he comes and I'll be living righteously when he does appear. That's why you got to start changing your ways, your character, because he could come back. Peter said, add. Finally, he said, add brotherly kindness. Add brotherly kindness to your spirit. John 13, 34 and 35 says, and the commandment I've given to you that you love one another. Everybody say love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. We are to love one another. My wife said it so powerfully the other day to somebody. She said, we find out we love people more than they love themselves. And I've been guilty of that a lot, loving people more than they even care about themselves. But this shall all men know that, but this shall, but by this, by this, by this, by this, all men shall know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another. I'm so thankful for me and my wife's life. I'm thankful. Man, I love me and my wife's life because we have touched so many people in our community. No, they don't come to church here, but I'm telling you one thing. If I pastored everybody that called me, we'd have to build a new auditorium. I'm thankful that our light shines. Call me. Come pray for me. Pray for my family. I got three texts last week from outside of the church. I need you to pray for a certain situation, but Tim, I know you believe in God. I know you believe he can do anything. I know you and your wife are godly people. And I'm saying, thank you, God, that people see this. They don't. But I'm thankful the blood covers my faults. I'm glad the blood covers my shortcomings. I'm glad God's mercy and grace works on me every day to be better. And I'm glad he gives me another day to live for him. I'm thankful. Be hurry. John 15 and 12. Be hurry. Come here. I got to hurry. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Peter says, for if, there, if these things be in you and abound, if they are in you, these characteristics are in you and they abound, he said, if you add these characteristics to your spirit, now listen to what he said, listen to what he says. They make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're not going to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of knowing who the Lord is. Then, you see, they cause you to grow. They'll cause you to grow spiritually from where you have been and put you in a, in a life of fruitfulness with God. If you want to change spiritually, you start adding these characteristics to your life every day and watch your life begin to rise and begin to change. I'm going to say it again. You got to show yourself friendly. He said, you got to add to Brother Kindness love. you got to show yourself friendly. I'm thankful I have a wife. Brother Josh, when she goes out in public, she's smiling. The world sees enough of sadness. 
The world sees enough of fear and hatred. Come on, sees enough of bad. They need to see somebody get out of a vehicle at Walmart, the grocery store, the gas store, or school or work. They need to see somebody get out with a smile on their face and walk in and they can feel Jesus. They need to, yes they do. Well, you ain't going through what I'm going through. Jesus went through hell to bring you life and he smiled all the way. So you need to put a smile on your face for him. I've had people ask me, what about her? What about him? They got frowning all the time. I said, I don't know. Maybe they, they're not getting a hug or a kiss or something. I made y'all laugh. <laughs> Lord help me, I'm trying. Look at the word abound. Brother Roy, shut up. Look at the word abound. Look at the word abound. I'm gonna hurry. If it abound, Peter said, if it be in you, it will cause you to overflow. It will cause you to overflow. Matthew 13 and 23. This is a good word. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground, if you receive this word in you, he that heareth the word and understandeth it and beareth fruit and bringeth forth, some's going to have a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. You're going to grow if you add it to your life. You never leave where you are in your spirit and, uh, until you abide in, abide in his word. You've got to have his word added to you for you to be fruitful. Amen. Last thing, still things come. Last thing. This hit me. I've read, I've preached this a thousand times. I'm going to preach it probably 10,000 more times. But won't you listen to what I'm fixing to say? The man of Galilee decided, listen to what I'm fixing to say. The man of Galilee decided to come out of the tomb and add Jesus to his life. Okay, you didn't get it. He decided, I ain't living here. I'm going to go add Jesus to my life. He changed the way he smelled, he looked, and he lived by adding Jesus to his life. When you leave behind the old life, you walk away smelling better, looking better, and living better. Mark 5 and 15 says it. Mark 5. And they come to Jesus. They come to Jesus. And they see that who was possessed with the devil, who had the legion sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. When he decided, Sister Lynn, I'm going to put Jesus in my life, his life changed. His smell changed, his look changed, and how he lived changed. When you put Jesus in your life, you'll change. Right or wrong? So if you want to be fruitful spiritually, you start tonight or tomorrow, start adding these things, virtue, virtue, 
Start adding knowledge, patience, temperance. Come on. Brotherly, come on. Brotherly kindness and love. Start adding them. Add them to you. God, it ain't God's requirement. To add, it's your, your requirement. It's a charge from Peter. Add it. And you won't be barren or unfruitful. Can you say amen? And the man who said, I ain't living dirty and filthy, smelling, being like this, having these kind of spirits, when he said, I'm going to add Jesus to my life, and it did, everything changed. Sometimes I like to get around people and go, still the same. You still the same. Look at you at town, see how you look, still the same. See how you live, still the same. How many know what I'm talking about? But when you put these things in your life, it is a divine promise that you shall be fruitful again. How many wants to grow spiritually? Can you stand to your feet? Thank you for your kindness and your patience. How many could really be honest? I enjoy this word. Lift your hands. I enjoy the word. It'll cause you to grow, will it not? Let's pray right now. Thank you, Father, for every soul. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy and grace. God, we got patience. We got more patience at work and school than we do at church. We're always in a hurry. Hurry, God, hurry, do this, hurry, this. Let's go. God, you taught me one thing. I ain't rushing you. Father, I ask you to bless tonight in healing and blessing and strength. I plead your blood over everybody's soul and spirit. I plead your blessing on every soul, and I pray the seeds that I have cast forth will fall on good ground, and we will see the fruit of it. We'll see the fruit from this, God. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God's been good to you, he's been good. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.